Welcome to Music Monday, where each week we explore different music and the stories behind it. This week, local music director Josh Kellogg was able to connect with Colorado band King Crawdad and break down their song Hutu Hop. Welcome to Song Breakdown. I am here with Nick and Miles of King Crawdad. We are going to talk about their song Hutu Hop, the writing process, the recording process. You guys can kind of take it away. Alright, well, thanks for having us. I'm, this is Nick. I'm the drummer. Um, I, this, this song started a long time ago, back uh, when Miles and I were in, in high school, um, and it started as something I was messing around with, with a bass and a drum line, and then uh, I had, like, two vocal lines that I thought were cool. And then showed it to Miles, and he added to it. <clears throat> and then he uh, he kind of took it from there, and it became a whole different song. And it's like a lot more intense. I'd say it's one of the heavier songs that we have. And I really like that. Uh, Miles, what do you think? Well, um, okay. Well, my name is Miles. I play guitar and I I sing for King Crawdad. I was actually talking to Nick about this. Um, earlier about how I, I had went back and listened to the initial version that we had of the song and it and it just started out as this really cool groove like like Nick said with with just bass and drums going and he was kind of like I have um, I have these lyrics and I have like these like this 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 vocal line and had me sing it and when we recorded it I kind of added some some lines from like other songs that I had What's kind of cool with that I, I feel like this is one approach we've we've definitely taken with several different songs is how this song has kind of evolved and morphed over time from what it initially was. And it started off as this kind of really kind of dark song. It's still kind of a dark song, but it morphed into a really dark and heavy song. And we both kind of worked out different parts of the song and kind of turned it into something that... Um, is not totally different from what it started as, but at the same time, it's it's evolved into this song that we, it's probably, I would say it's one of our top three songs that we love to play live all the time just because it's it's kind of like heavier, it's abrasive. I always love letting out so much energy and emotion when I play it. Yeah, heavy, heavy songs, songs are definitely like cathartic to, to play live, so we definitely love playing it. Do you guys want to talk about the lyrics a little bit? Um. Yeah, so... The lyrics. I'm trying to remember exactly what the what the inspiration was. I think it just. I, I like this the sound of the phrase "Hutu Hop," and then I imagine that to be like like the name of an old timey dance move or something. You know, like you got like the twist and the the bop and this and that. Um, and then uh, from there, it was like do the Hutu Hop. Um, do do the Tootsie Roll, well, Tootsie Roll, another like old timey, like kind of funky sounding dance name, at least in my mind. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like kind of, it reminds me of that um, Land of a Thousand Dances. It's like um, Boney Maroney and all all that kind of funny stuff. The the Hootsie, Hootsies and Tootsies, like this was in in high school that I was writing this. I probably like just watched hotel rwanda in my in my uh history class or something you know i remember, <laughs> so, like, I remember that watching yeah. that in history as well yeah, yeah. so i think it kind of started off as um 
lyrics that kind of like the words sounded cool and had a rhythmic thing that went with this simple bass line. And then um, really Miles took it from there. I, I only had the, the basic like first line and then Miles kind of stepped in and it, it became a whole nother thing. Do the, are the lyrics in general, like, do they continue to sort of comment on like the Rwandan genocide and that sort of thing that obviously like the Hutus and the Tutsis were? I would. That or did it? Kind it of gets more, more like more broad, more broad. I think. Yeah, it gets more broad, and I would say it indirectly comments on it. But like, because that's that's what's so interesting about this song is because obviously we were we were in the same type of classes and stuff and learning about the genocide that that had happened in Rwanda and like I kind of looked at these words that Nick had presented and was like okay like my interpretation kind of stemmed to this thing of like the feeling that I had from those words and the feeling that I had from the song that I think went into the further writing lyrically and musically and some of the words that they don't directly comment on that but it kind of goes along with the feeling of the extreme negative aspects of like that genocide and what went on and kind of, I mean, it's a really messed up thing to kind of think about, but I think that that feeling of when you learn about what happened in those events did play into the song. And, and I think it plays into the performance of the song, but like lyrically it was kind of indirectly commenting on it. It's more vague and it does broaden out to talking about different subjects. So like, what do you have any examples of like other subjects? I think like a line that's like could be very obviously interpreted as something like a p- political commentary would be this line about like there's an eagle that smells like a rat. That's also very very vague. At the same time, you know, that's there's no like specific cause that anyone's fighting for when they make that statement. It's just like kind of a a blanket you to the man sort of feeling behind that statement you know yeah and what i would say along with that is kind of it's partly a rejection of this ideal of like and i mean i don't i guess i don't i'm not really worried about getting too political with it is that america has this thing of that we're kind of the savior we're kind of the shining beacon that goes in and fixes things but then there's these areas where we either have ulterior motives that either make a situation worse or cause other problems or, you know, like something's not right with what we're doing. And I think the idea of like, there's an eagle, which is kind of our symbolism of our country, kind of like this beacon of whether it be bravery and like, you know, doing what's right morally, but it smells like a rat. It's like, okay, there's someone coming in telling me they're going to help me, but there's some ulterior motive. I think that has shown itself in many aspects of our history and that line kind of, I think, I think that line speaks to that. It speaks to the fact that it it can be that we're saying we're going to do the right thing or we're saying we're here to help you, but really we're not. Or it can be that people are being used in terms of they want to do the right thing. So they're being used to achieve a different goal that's outside of the first idea that was meant to be achieved. I think that line sums up that message of the song in general, but also that part of the song, because it talks about, you know, there's a, there's an eagle that smells like a rat. I tried to warn them all. I tried to cover all the tracks. You know, there's people that try to say this. There's people that try to point out this hypocrisy. Um, but at the same 
same time, you know, there's other people that are they're going to they're going to cover up those tracks and they're going to try to preserve this image of like, a moral superiority. So I think that's kind of the more of the existential part of it and kind of more of the political part of it. Sweet. Is there anything else specific that you guys want to talk about with the song? Yeah, I think I think this song is just so interesting in terms of how it it evolved and became it became something bigger than what it started at. And I think because there's all these different approaches that we use to writing songs, whether it be there's these songs that are really great that kind of come out organically and they come out so easily, versus these songs where it takes it it takes time to kind of for them to morph into what they are and to kind of, you know, mature into what the song ends up becoming. And I think it's just so interesting to think about those different mentalities to songwriting. Same thing with like how this is such a huge collaboration where Nick came up with this awesome idea for a song. And then by us playing it together, it turned into something different and it evolved into this this different type of thing where at the same time, we both get these totally different things out of it. And I think that's evident in terms of like Nick describing the words that he wrote and then me describing, okay, well, this is how I interpreted those words. Yeah. And this yeah. is what they made me feel. And I think that's just so interesting to think about musically. You kind of get that a lot with, you know, bands where they'll say like, oh yeah, we wrote it as this thing and just by sort of playing it together it sort of shook out to be a song that sounds like us Right. And that's what's so cool is because we, we, we definitely have a lot of songs like that, too, where they've, especially since we've been playing together for so long, that these songs, they keep changing and they keep evolving. And I think the cool thing to think about along with that, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, of songs that I hear now while we're in this really turbulent period of, like, isolation and uncertainty i hear these songs that like the meaning evolves in them and these can be songs that you wrote where the meaning changes from like you wrote this song and you're like this is what i meant at the time and it still means that but at the same time the meaning evolves and means all these different things combined with songs that like you're listening to where um one of the ones that's really i've been really into lately during this whole quarantine thing is um listening to Starman by David Bowie. And like, I can interpret these little things of where the meaning changes of like a song you hear five years ago versus you hear that song now. And it gets applied to what you're going through in your life. And I, I don't know, I just think that's one of the coolest things about music is how it's not only open for interpretation, but even with within yourself, the, the interpretation changes. Yeah, and there's layers that get added to it based off what you're going through at the time or what you've went through since when you first heard it. Yeah, and I feel like one of those things, I was, oh, I can't remember who it was, but I was watching a live stream because every, everyone who's done anything ever is doing live streams now. But I was watching a live stream from a songwriter I really admire, but I can't remember who it was. But they were talking about something about, like, nobody's going to write a good song about all of this happening until, like, after we've all gotten out of it. Because you can't write about something as it happens. And they were comparing it to, like, you don't, like, write a breakup song, like, as they're at the door telling you that it's over. Like, right, right. You, you need to process a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's a really good analogy in terms of um, because you your experience evolves from that moment. And I think from the artist looking at it, your experience and your feelings morph 
to where it's not just a black and white thing of like, I feel so horrible. Like if you want to take the breakup analogy further, it feels so horrible that someone left me and that someone that I was so close to doesn't want to be around me anymore. That hurts in the moment, but that evolves and goes off onto the, these, all these different things combined with, you know, flipping it to the listener's experience. If like the listener hears that song and like, Songs mean individual lines mean so many different things to so many different listeners that that's one of those things that's always attracted me to music is that and talking with people about music is like I can talk to you about my interpretation about a line and there's always going to be some little overlap but there's also these times where you get a totally different perspective on like a piece of art and like the words and the music of how it makes someone feel and I mean I do think you can write about certain things in the moment but you still need that time to actually you know kind of formulate those thoughts and stuff yeah it's like you can have you have the like ideas in the moment but you need the time away from that moment to actually develop them even if there's something written you know because like we're trying to write stuff specifically about this whole quarantine thing right but even if you do get that moment where you capture that feeling and you you truly capture what you're feeling it still evolves and progresses and there's still like these nuances that are added into it after the fact even if you don't add anything additional to that song or or edit something from what you wrote like it's just so interesting of how these feelings progress and get added on after the fact and i think that that's probably my favorite thing about music. Sweet. Thank you guys so much for, I mean, I guess I can't say coming in. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for talking to me about all of this stuff. It's been super interesting. Yeah, thanks for yeah, talking to us. us. Yeah, thank you. This has been the KCSU Song Breakdown. This I've been joined by King Crawdad. Thank you guys so much for talking to me. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have coming up. Now here is King Crawdad with their song, Who To Hop. To the Who To Hop, to the Tootsero, for all those who haven't paid the
Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Music Monday. Thank you to King Crawdad for talking to Josh, and don't forget to come back next Monday for another episode of the KCSU Music Podcasts, only on kcsufm.com slash podcasts.